0: You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. It is the Oz Network coming to you once again for an episode on 24, the television series, as we move into season four, episode 11. One, not the time there, 5 pm to 6 pm. I was about to say one <laughs> is a time that is on the clock, but that is not the correct one that we're doing today. 5pm uh, to 6pm, this was written by Joel Sernau and Michael Ochef, directed by Jon Kazar. It pains me that people of high esteem wrote this episode and directed this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, we continue on the downward spiral of the trio of season four mid-season episodes that aren't very good. But at least this isn't the worst of the three. So there's a positive there, potentially. My name is Ben, and I'm not a stupid woman.
1: And my name is Colin, and I'm sorry I was misbehaving. I promise to be good.
0: Oh, do you want me to spank you? Um, yeah, <laughs> this episode <What>? of 24.
1: <laughs> it's
0: not next week. Let's just say that. Um, look, I will say there is a solid five minutes in this episode, which is good. And I think that they could have built on that more. And I think the ending, it's the five minutes, last five minutes of this episode is actually quite good. But I just think that everything that else that comes before it, there just seems to be bad writing again in this episode. I don't know if there's bad acting. Um, just the torture. Like, this is an episode where there's five minutes of torture, but it destroys it because it is the most pointless torture I think we get in all of 24. Like, it is legitimately there because, oh, Jack Bauer's fucking Audrey and he needs to hurt he, her ex-husband, even though he has literally done nothing wrong. Um, it's, look... On the grand scheme of things, yes, Audrey, Jack, they've got to be each other's throats. Um, Audrey's got to rethink their relationship. I get it. It works for the season. But just this episode, I don't know, Colin. I hope you're on the same page.
1: Well, this is going to be one of these weeks where I'm not really going to disagree with much you're saying. But I think I'm going to come out of it enjoying it a lot more because I think there's more than five good minutes in this episode. And some of the things that I will agree are kind of garbage now in retrospect. I remember it having more of an impact when you first view it. And I kind of want to give a little bit of uh, a little bit of leniency because of that, but writing definitely off this week, I'm going to say, John Kassar, this is not your best week as a director. There's some pretty, pretty, Cheesy moments in this that I don't think most people would notice, but it's a lot of background stuff that I'm like, why are they doing this, uh, but uh, there is multiple things in this episode that I actually really enjoyed, but I think more than anything, I saw this episode and finished it thinking, I see how you could have made this a better episode with one or two little tweaks in here. And one or two of those tweaks, I don't even necessarily know if I have the solution on how they could tweak it, but there's things in this episode that just don't work because of where it's placed in the season, how they place in the episode. It is definitely an unusual one, but I I consider this kind of dumb fun.
0: I, like the Oz Network, I think that what, as I've kept saying about this season, is that, you know, you you ride a bit of a bump and it gets fine. And then you kind of get good, you get some really good. There's maybe like another episode to come this season where it's like, okay, that's crap. But like, as I keep comparing it to say a season six or a season seven, when that just hits a wall and it keeps going down, this at least hits sort of a wall. And we haven't really had this since season two. And even then I feel in season two, I mean, I, I think you maybe disagree with me a bit, but I do not really feel we got consecutive episodes of bad. It was kind of bad, eh, it was all right, bad, it was all right. And then we kind of, you know, rode the bumps. Season one, there was like the amnesia shit, bullshit. Um, but then this is like I think the first time we've ever really just had consecutive crapness, but then we get over the hump. Um, <laughs> and then until we get to season six when you never get over a hump. But, um, I mean, I can see what you're saying. I'll be interesting to hear what you t- bits you talk about. But I think we just get the shit over. I just think we go Jack first. Um yeah. Because there's good Jack at the end. But then we start off with this absolute ridiculousness of And, like, if we were to do the top five, like, we do the top five best moments of the season, if we do the top five worst moments of the season, this might be number one. Because mm. let's just remember where we're at, okay? So, Paul, he's a businessman. He works at the business office. He does business things. He's connected to so many different companies and buildings, which Jack, no, Jack's a smart man. He's an attractive man. He's Keeper Sutherland. He knows shit. All right? Like, he can't be that naive to think, like, well, this man's name is on a business. He must be evil. Like, again, I mean, Donald Trump, I mean, he's evil, but, like, he's got <laughs> fingers in so many different pies and I'm sure he doesn't know half the shit he owns that he'll claim that he does because he claims everything. But, like, yeah. this is what rich people who own businesses do. They've got lots of things that involved in different parts of aspects. Whatever. So, last week... He's like, oh, Paul, you're connected to this. Audrey, keep him there. He must be evil. So Jack rocks up. Paul, you're evil because you raised your voice slightly at Audrey. So I'm going to hit you. (laughs) And now, at the beginning of this episode, he is tied to a chair There's a CTU guy who just happened to show up outside the door. How did he get there? I don't know. Didn't Jack go there by himself? (laughs) Um, That's just Jenkins down the street getting a biscuit or something (laughs) like that. I'm near that hotel, Jack. I can stand guard. Uh, In full attire as well. He is ready to go. He loves his job. So then Jack's tied Paul to a chair and now he's being all Jack, right? He's like walking up and down the room, you know, pacing up, doing his sleeves, Audrey, you should leave the room. This is man stuff right now. And she's like, no, Jack, (laughs) I want to see you talk to my husband. It turns me on. Um, So, again, all Jack
1: has asked Paul. You're quite good at turning me on.
0: (laughs) Jack has literally said, so, Paul, you might be evil. Tell me some information. (laughs) To which, I'm sorry, if I'm Paul, I'm going to be doing the same thing. Like, uh, no, you're porking my wife. You're making accusations of me. I don't have to talk to you. Who are you? As he says later on in this episode, you're just a thug with a badge. Like, yeah, Yeah. Paul, good for him. Like, I'm starting to like Paul now. Good for you, Paul. Stand your ground. (laughs) (laughs) To which then Jack goes full Jack. And is like, right, well, if you're not going to tell me what I need to know, I'm going to electrocute you with a lamp. Uh, (laughs) To which Audrey is like, no, Jack. and You've got to have Jack yelling at Audrey because, again, Audrey's got to, like, see the real Jack. I get it. I understand it. All Jack achieves here is he electrocutes Paul once and because Paul's a wimp, and again, this is me, I'm like, no, I'm going to be tough to the man with the badge. All right, I'll tell you. I'll talk, I'll talk. Uh, He's like the crab in Finding Nemo. Yeah, I know where he went, (laughs) but I'm not telling you anything. All right, I'll talk, I'll talk. Literally the crab in Finding Nemo. Paul is like, all right, hang on a minute. No, if you let me log onto my computer, I'll find out for you. And Jack's like, damn it, you're evil. Tell me more. I'm telling you the truth. And Jack's like, okay. Um, And (laughs) to which... Paul logs into a computer and he's like, hmm, I don't know this because I own lots of businesses, as I've been telling you, and possibly this could be involved by my lawyer. Damn it, I don't believe you, Paul. It's true, I have lawyers, they deal with these things. And Audrey goes, Jack, it's true. Okay. Uh, (laughs) That is it. It is the most pointless, stupid torture which is purely done for tension to create this, like, love triangle thing, which, again – on, maybe this is one of those things that you're talking about where on paper it's done better. I get yes. it, and I think you're right. This was, when you're watching it for the first time, like, ooh, Jack's going to get, you know, bash Audrey's ex-husband up because, you know, love drama. But, like, it just, it's so shit because it's a five-minute torture scene of literally Paul saying, like, I don't know anything, and Jack's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then five minutes later in the car talking about how the Dodgers went on the weekend. Um, <laughs> It's so dumb. And, like, what makes it worse for me is the fact that in, like, a week, these two are going to be working with each other. Well, uh, oh, it
1: becomes buddy cop, lethal uh, weapon.
0: Like, it's, and, like, again, I get it. I get why you're doing this. And in hindsight, we're watching this nearly 20 years later. It's different. You know, I understand that. But this is definitely something that does not hold up well nearly 20 years later. It just makes me mad. And... It's just this season of pointless torture. I love season four, but again, we're what? 11 episodes in. I swear we've got five scenes of pointless torture every episode mixed with seven meetings. The rest is Jack saying, damn it. And then that's it. That's what season four has been so far.
1: Um, And next week, he gets to get angry at (laughs) uh, an inanimate object. Um, (laughs) But uh, that's more for next week. So a couple of defenses I want to have for this. One, I, I, I don't know what my reaction was watching this the first I'm like I don't remember specifically like oh you know this is great job but I it is memorable you like you look back on the yeah. season you remember the lamp torture to me it's kind of up there with n- not the same level I'm not saying it's there's a good version and a bad version the good version of this is Jack with the towel oh, in yeah. the first season the bad version is him with the lamp in season four which maybe the reason is because he does it like I it would be that much more effective, especially with somebody like Paul, that he doesn't have to. Like, Paul gives up the information so quickly. And I think that's the real problem with this torture. It's not that it's unnecessary torture. It's Jack doing it because he's a jealous boyfriend or whatever. It's the fact that you do away with this within 10 minutes. And if you had stretched this out for one episode that you give the audience a week to breathe, you end the last episode with him electrocuting Paul. You can come back and do away with this in the first week, first 10 minutes of this week. It's just it's too quick that it all happens, that there's no lasting impact. And it it draws the audience's attention to how unnecessary it is. The other thing that I think where this might have been more interesting had they dragged it out a little bit longer is this is our third person officially tortured this season. The previous two people. Were unnecessarily tortured. I mean, was was Marianne tortured? Did she just give up the information? I can't remember. See, no,
0: because she was the one. I think I I remember. I said like everyone on this show is racist because they don't torture the black woman, but they torture oh, the white yeah, people. Yeah, yeah no, that she yeah. was just like I'll tell. I'll make a deal. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but like this is where I feel like maybe if you would drag this out a little bit longer, you would have that time to process. You would have that time to think. Oh, there's got to be a reason. Maybe Paul is evil. Nobody in the audience is going to believe Paul's evil because. They haven't given you inconclusive evidence. And yet we have lots of times in 24 where it's like, oh, but it's our only uh, it's our only lead. I mean, I really want to start a count in this series. How many times? Say, but it's our only lead because I'm sure it comes up in this episode. It definitely comes up next week. But uh, when you have a torture scene with um, Heller's son, let's say Richard, uh, yeah. Richard Heller, yeah. and it turns out he didn't really do anything wrong. Then you have a torture scene with Sarah and it turns out she didn't really do anything wrong. The third time would be the time where you're like, well, it's gotta be right. This from the audience perspective, this is where you should be thinking it's gotta be right this time. That's why this needed to even have it last half the episode. I'm not saying I need to see more torture, but for dramatic purposes, you need this to last a little bit longer. Some other silly things in this though, is that I don't know if you caught the really fake looking sweat pouring off of Paul in this episode. (laughs) Like, I'm trying to remember what the movie is where um, it's basically, like, like fake-looking. There's that famous meme of Jordan Peele. I think it's from Key and Peele, where his face is just dripping in sweat, and it, like, looks terribly Isn't fake. Airplane? Like Isn't
0: that Didn't they go over the top with Airplane? Oh, yeah, Airplane did that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Airplane as well. Yeah, Uh Like, that's kind of what it looks like because every time the camera cuts to Paul, I'm watching is there's, like, a bead of sweat that drips down his face. But, like, that's not how sweat works. I mean, you could be in a sauna Hmm. and your face is going to be wet, but like the beads are going to come down very slowly and very seldom, but it it just, it clearly looks like somebody came up there with an eyedropper. (laughs) All right. And drop it. Okay. And roll film. Oh, we got it. Yes. (laughs) They're so happy about it. And it it happens literally every time they cut to Paul in this scene, which just looks so ridiculous, but standard definition in 2005 or whatever, people aren't going to be noticing it the way we are now. Um, But like Paul is the person who is speaking to the audience here, basically telling you Jack's an idiot, because he starts off the scene by saying, my name's on 50 leases. I own 10 corporations. And then when he's like, well, I don't know, my lawyer just said you honestly telling me that I'm supposed to believe that you buy a property or your lawyer just buys property for you. I literally just told you I own what person owns. I don't think Donald Trump owns 10 corporations, 10 corporations. Okay, if he has one hour a day, he doesn't even cover all of his corporations in one day. Okay, so it is completely plausible. Um, I know you're going to get to the the car scene in a minute, but Paul gives uh, I I, I guess I I don't know if it's going to be defensive himself. But another thing where I'm like. Why is Jack not looking more closely at the other people that he knows? Like, why is he singling out Paul? And that's where this season, I'm going to be curious to see how it plays out, because I feel the real reason they're doing this isn't even so much for the love triangle. It's because of what's going to ultimately happen, I guess, at the end of this between Jack, Audrey, Paul and all that. Like the way their storyline wraps up, it does have... I, I I don't know if they stick the landing on this because I, I, I you can connect the dots as the audience. And it's one of these things where I feel like you cut, you get to the end. You're like, I see what they were going for, but they didn't make it obvious enough throughout the season. And that's where a scene like this, where you really present it even more as Jack's just being rogue, you know, Jack Bauer here and jealous boyfriend where it will make more sense later on. But I don't think they did enough here to have it make sense at the end of the season.
0: I, I would say they definitely stick the landing with this storyline. Um, and I think that...
1: I'm not, like, just a correction here. I'm not, I think the ending of the storyline, fantastic, but does it make you call back to this moment where you're like, oh, yeah, that it clearly was um, wrong?
0: It does, I think, on the fact that Audrey is seeing Jack for who he is. And I think that's mm. what we've talked about, the slow build with their relationship, is you need to get them to a point through the conflict that they will have throughout this season and what will then ultimately lead to kind of almost now like a, tension field will they won't they moving forward after this season versus a, oh they woke up fucking each other i think yeah. that it does because audrey this is this is the first time audrey really gets to see jack i mean jack yells at Audrey here like again it's it's needless but I mean I can see he
1: treats that woman like a helicopter it's not I know
0: exactly like I can see why they're doing it like this is the the difference I will say like I hate this I I hate it (laughs) I hate all of it but like I see why they're doing it whereas like some of the other torture in this season I mean this episode this isn't the only torture I mean Frickin' Dina's getting tortured, you know. <laughs> Is Tony yeah. Almeida going to have to choke a bitch? Um, <laughs> and then Curtis sort of gets tortured for five seconds. Curtis is the Dominus Raptor, uh, Dominus Rex, or whatever it is from uh, Fallen Kingdom in this episode, yeah. right? We'll get to that. Well, but- I think he's
1: John McLean. <laughs> you know, one other thing that um that, that I, I guess I'm gonna call bad directing. I'm sorry, John Casar, if you I doubt he's still listening to us, but I uh, not uh, remember. Still, us. <laughs> yeah, I I I also mention um I did get the seasons four through seven box sets uh, from Jamie's aunt now, uh, which none of them were open, which is crazy. I'm like, you people are missing out on some great television. You people, here, but, uh, you what people. Mean by you, people, <laughs> Colin? But um, uh, I, I did find that the, the thing that we thought this has to be some fake news. Shannon Doherty did a commentary on season four oh, DVD. Yes. <laughs> and it was hilarious listening to because I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe she was, it, it, you know, on the set for this episode or something like that, which I can't even remember they said they was, it was, but it's basically like, yeah, I'm just a big fan. And she's asking all these questions like, do you guys have like a big diagram board? And whoever was the writer of that episode, um it might have been Howard Gordon. He was basically like, yeah, honestly, in the beginning we did, but there's a lot of making up as we go along. Like he's basically owning it here, but I feel like there, there are moments in this season where I could see that they're like, we're, we we do not care too much about continuity because there's another one that's coming later on. But the moment here where, where we get Paul's line about he's a thug with a badge, Jack places the call to Sarah, Sarah, I need you to get back to me ASAP. And then he says, like, excuse me for a second. He walks out of the room and he comes back and then his phone rings. Like, so what did you do out there? Like it, it was, it was one of these things where as a viewer, you're watching like what an obvious moment to have him conveniently leave for no reason whatsoever. He's not even walking to the bathroom. He's leaving, standing on the hallway. With his gun, chatting to that know, with guy, he's, he's
0: chatting to Jenkins
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. out in the house. Jenkins Dodgers last yeah. night.
0: It was good innings, wasn't it? You know,
1: just conveniently comes back in. Oh, hi, Sarah. You call me at just the right moment where I came back on camera.
0: He had a taquito. Um, I <laughs> before I talk because I'm glad you brought that scene up because I got something on another angle to point out with that. But um, I as much as it annoys me that obviously there's no continuity in a way. Like it, I kind of appreciate the fact that they own that. Like, it's, I mean, I I love Lost. Don't get me wrong. But, like, there are definitely elements to Lost. Like, Damon Lindelof, oh, we had a plan. Mm -hmm." No.
1: You You had a plan for two seasons.
0: (laughs) You did on some level, and I defended how all that played out on Lost. I'm not trying to rip into that, but at least, like, 24, like, fuck, we had no clue what was going on. But, like, (laughs) this season, like, I still stand by that season four almost weirdly with the continuity feels like it fits the most. Like I feel like yeah. like the Richard Heller stuff to me, I, it was obviously not planned because when he comes mm. back later in the season, to me it feels like they planned that all along. Um, there's a lot of stuff in this season which they've obviously made up that works. The huge twist next season, which is the biggest twist outside of Nina being evil, probably at all of 24, I Will Stand By does not hold up at all when you watch mm. season five knowing what is happening until that very point. It makes no sense. You watch that person the entire season and you tell me that he is evil the whole time. Doesn't make sense at all. But anyway, that's for next season. But um, I think the thing I, – I just love Shannon Doherty actually did that. <laughs> I love her even more now. Good for her, Shannon Doherty. <laughs> I'm a fan of 24. Can I do a commentary? Okay. <laughs> Imagine if, like, back in the day they did DVD commentaries on, like, James Bond DVDs. John F. Kennedy. Can I – I can't do yeah. a JFK impersonation, but uh, uh, can I do a commentary on From Russia with Love? Sure, JFK. Pop on in. <laughs> um, I'm, so, I'm so glad you brought up, like, Jack, like, the, the bit with the Sarah Focal because, like, literally Jack's like, Sarah, so – Paul is right, awkward, tortured him, you know, whatever. So I need you to look up this company. Okay. Goes outside, has <laughs> his taquito. He's just a thug with a badge. Yeah, sure is. Okay. Literally, that's like a 90-second uh, break. Yep, 90 second taquito. Yep, 90-second taquito, chat to Jenkins, all that kind of stuff. Phone rings. Sarah has, like, read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> on terrorism at that point. Jack, I've found the following information. I checked tax records with this sort of stuff and Harris Barnes is an alias. It's used by terrorists every two years and five seconds of dot. And this is what happens to this. And right now, oh my God, you'll never believe it. They've logged into a building, which Curtis and Marianne went to like 10 minutes ago. Oh, what are the odds? <laughs> like like literally, she's better than Chloe. <laughs> she's just like found all this information in
1: 90 and, seconds. And this is also the same conversation where Jack does, I put in my notes here, he says, right now, it's our only lead. <laughs> <laughs> But, like,
0: this is this is, this is is where, like, again, we love Jack, but, like, he lives on the it's-his-only-lead line. But, like, yeah. literally, he's, like, apologise to Paul. J- oh, Jack Bauer doesn't apologise. I get it. Like, apologise to Audrey, at least. Like, I mean, yeah. if I'm Paul, like, again, Sarah's suing the government. Paul's suing the government. Like, there's a lot of lawsuits going on for CTU at the end of this day. Richard Heller's suing the government. Um, But, like, literally, like... This is this is a, a big plot hole that you always get in 24. It's always our uh, only lead. But then within two seconds, one tiny bit of information leads them to like the exact thing where they've got to go to. And like, again, you've got to get the plot moving. Plot's got a plot. You've got to add some extra drama. I understand it. But, like, it's just, like, last season when it's like, oh, that that guy's shoulder, that's definitely Frank, he's the evil one, we've got it (laughs) on a traffic cam. And then later in the season, it takes him 10 minutes to get bandwidth to find a freaking camera. Like, it's just, (laughs) one thing actually I want to point out in this episode, this is what, 2004, 2005? They're doing Zoom calls and Skype. We were still on Mm -hmm. dial-up back then. Like, they've got better quality video with the president on Air Force One than you and I do right now in 2023 (laughs) recording this. So, technology, you know, very hit and miss. I guess the rest of the Jack stuff, um, he gets in the car, he's driving to the hotel, and Paul's all like, how could I be so stupid to – like, Paul, you're not stupid, mate. You're a rich man who owns lots of buildings. Like – like, I I wish I could be so rich. That, like, I do this podcast. I work with, like, four of you. I don't even know. What's that guy's name? Ross? Rocky? Ro- I don't know. Like Rocky. I, I deal with you half the time. I think Kristen still does shit every now and then. I don't know. Kristen could be a terrorist. I have no fucking clue. That's not on me.
1: We know Kristen's a terrorist. If
0: anyone's a terrorist, it's Kristen. But, like, but, like, <laughs> like if she tomorrow, like, bombs the White House... Is the FBI going to come to me and go off at me because she was an Oslet? or well, still is. Like, yeah. you know, James Pickering is going to like go and shoot <laughs> King Charles. Is that on me? No, it's not. Like, I don't know what he does in it. Good for James. Well, not good. Don't shoot the king. But like, just like, good for him if he's got a life and does his own things of free will that I don't control. So like, Paul here going like, oh, how could I be so stupid? Like, you're not stupid, mate. You're stupid it's, for letting Audrey go but
1: <laughs> just just in case Ben ever ends up as a terrorist, we encourage all of our people to subscribe to Patreon. Now you can be a suspect. Colin, our our people. People.
0: <laughs> what's our joke for 2023, by the way,
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we recycle Noah still can't get a date. How many years has it been? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it's coarse and rough and irritating. I actually went to the beach a couple of times in the last week and sand really is coarse and rough and irritating and it really does get everywhere. Can I just point that out? Oh Yeah, it's annoying. Um, so Jack's in the car, Paul's sorry. Um, Jack calls up, uh we'll get to Curtis's stuff, but they get in the phone, have a little Hey Curtis man, how you doing? Oh, sweet, cool, all right, where are you? Level 23, sweet, I'll oh, be in the elevator. So I love I love Jack in the elevator with like random CTU guys and your boyfriend. Uh they're just like, you know, <laughs> chilling in the elevator. Uh, and then they get off the floor and then all of a sudden, oh no, guard number seven's down. So, But this this is legitimately the stuff that is good in this episode. I kind of like Curtis and Jack going around the floor, dun, 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 going upstairs, going to the office, and obviously this will connect back to what we'll talk about shortly. There's Marwan, his computer. It is like 5.50 p.m. on an undisclosed day. We've said this is maybe a Saturday, maybe this is a school holiday. We don't know. Why is IBS systems, and is IBS irritable bowel syndrome systems? like? <laughs> Oh, IDS. It's a D, not a B. I was a bit worried there. Whew. Um, irritable Dick Syndrome systems. Um, why is like the entire company working at five fifty p.m. And not only they're working, they're they're busy. They're rushing around. Well, well one person. Yeah. Is. This is.
1: This isn't. Yeah. This isn't like. Hey, everybody, wrap up your work. We're gonna be out of here in fifteen minutes. This is like, oh, it's the start of our shift.
0: Yeah, but maybe it's
1: like. CTU isn't this busy. <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> IDS systems got shit to do. They're a busy guy. They've got files. They're like, oh, shit,
1: get a passenger list. Quick, hurry up, hurry up. This is when open a socket. Nobody's, nobody can open sockets to CTU anymore because they lost all their employees to IDS. This is
0: why they need to get bandwidth off the FBI. IDS systems is bloody well <laughs> taking up all the bandwidth in LA right now. Um, but I just love this so like, like set this at a newspaper. I've worked at newspapers where it's six o'clock deadline, everyone's rushing around at this point. That makes more sense. Like this is the LA Times or something like that. But I just love like I do love this like tent like, I have Curtis with a file, he's got his gun behind a file. There's Curtis, he's off to file. I'm holding a file and I will go and file it. There is a gun behind my file. But like I actually really like this scene of just like them walking around an office like the, the cool thing about this is they actually don't know what Marwan looks like. And this is what makes this scene awesome because like jack's literally like do we have a description like no we don't it's like ah, middle eastern man <laughs>
1: <laughs> well did they, did they not show the picture here or is no. that the next episode it's yeah because awesome. they do show they show young arnold vazu but i think that might be next week
0: no because i like literally i guess the seraphone call is like oh because basically they get the name of harris barnes is connected to this company that paul owns and then we find out through Sarah's 90 seconds of research that Harris Barnes is an alias that is used by terrorists essentially. And the last person to use Harris Barnes was Habib Marwan. So this is the first time Jack learns the name Habib Marwan. So we now know, okay, this guy's evil. And again, as we said the whole time, he is the big bad of this season. There is no bigger bad than Habib Marwan. So basically they're through this office and it's just tense. They don't know what he looks like. And I love this. This is like spy shit. Like, This is, you don't know what a guy looks like. You've got a guy who's got the override. So Marwan's in this office with the override, basically trying to melt down shit. They've got like 10 minutes to stop him from melting down the last, like what, three or five nuclear reactors. And they're rushing around the busy IDS systems. They've got shit to do, but it doesn't matter. Jack doesn't stop Jack Bauer and Curtis. I'm going through IDS systems. And I love this like one bit where you've got this one guy, slightly racist, he's a bit Middle Eastern, but you know, whatever. We're just going to, you know, stereotype it. And he's there, and he's, he's looking over his shoulder and all know what's he doing. And Jack's like, you know, oh, he's on my six. And he's, like, doing the whole, like, point thing. And Curtis is going in with his file. And then all of a sudden, this guy moves head. He's playing fucking solitaire. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at pornography. I was... <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy, though. I love this guy. He's so busy at IDS Systems. He's just my That's, fucking solitude. That's me. <laughs>
1: if, if this guy were just doing his job, they wouldn't need 600 other people in the building right now to pick up the slack. That
0: is so me at work, by the way. Uh, hello to my <laughs> past and present employers if they're listening. Um, but, I, but like, the thing that makes this really good, I talk about bad writing. Like, you can't fault the acting here because I love kind of, like, when Curtis goes in and he kind of looks at, like, Jack is like, but what? No, <laughs> <Just, laughs> no, 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 no! Solitaire. He just likes <laughs> shuffling cards. But then, um sort of, it all leads to the big tension-filled moment where Jack and Marwan have eye to eye because uh, little fella down the other floor. We'll get to him in a minute. I like that guy. Marwan, they're coming for you! Pew pew! He dies. And then, <laughs> I love this moment when Marwan stands up. Armin Vosloo just stares down oh, Kiefer. Wow. Oh god, it's good. This is again. I, I love this. Roger Cross have a stare down. And what's his way of doing it? Bang, shoots the ceiling. Everybody runs again. <laughs> I just point out Jack Bauer body slams random person. I know. goodness. <laughs> Curtis. <laughs>
1: It's like get out of the way. It's like it's like Doctor that's, No. That's yeah. My favorite part about that though is that he screams "get out of the way" as he's shoving them. Like, give him a chance to respond first. Move, move.
0: I'm gonna say Curtis like has two great moments in them. This is because he does one. He like shoves a guy out of the way. But when, he, when Curtis eventually does a whole Indominus Raptor Rex thing and he like you know <laughs> d- wakes up and kind of you know fakes being awake, he like literally body slides. I heard it's like the Kane like choke slam, uh, you know from yeah. WWE. <laughs> Brilliant. But um, basically this is all connected to CTU. This is the ending of the episode. So Jack runs off after Armand Vosloo because, you know, he he wants to ask what Brennan Fraser is like in real life. And Curtis sits on the computer and he's just like, I, this is like the most realistic, like, you know, these things where it's like, I'm going to stop. And they're just typing on a keyboard. They never use a mouse. Yeah. Right.
1: Nobody uses a mouse. In but, but this is yeah. the
0: most realistic one I've ever seen because it's kind of like, Curtis <laughs> is like, First of all, how does Edgar get into this in two seconds? If he's in this, why, why was he in it already? Like, I mean, if it's that easy, Edgar, do your fucking job, mate. Um, but he's literally like, Curtis, I need you to press the hotkey. I'm pressing the hotkey. It's not working. Okay, well, press the function buttons. Okay, F5, F5 works. Okay, press F5 escape. Doesn't work. F5 shift escape. Okay, it works. Now press the hotkey. Like, that, I want my terrorism, like, stopping plots realistic. Tell me to press F5, control, shift, control, alt, delete. <laughs> You
1: know, like the negative. You're saying you 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 saying you do like that or you don't like that.
0: I do like it. Like I like I like okay, it when, yeah. when you actually like like can understand because like oh my god, my keyboard has shift f five. Like I could stop yeah. terrorism. Like it's just like when you see people typing willy nilly on a keyboard. And it's just like, they're not doing anything. Like, as we know, we've talked <laughs> about Marilyn Rajkip is literally typing, am I good at my job? Will they like me? Like, that's <laughs> what she's admitted in an interview. She's typing. Anyway, Edgar stops it. I love Edgar jumping up going, yeah, come on, Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> He's like pumping himself up. Um, Curtis stops it. And then uh, the cliffhanger, which I kind of like the cliffhanger, Jack sort of running through the halls. I'm Jack Bauer. Going to stop, Marwan. Um, and he all of a sudden is like, oh, Jenkins, where's you, where, where are you at your six? Oh, I'm on post seven, Bauer. Okay, copy. Then he sees old naked Frank Lane on the floor. <laughs> warning, warning. Marwan's dresses the CTU agent. It's a bit baggy though. Know? He's body size, probably doesn't fit him, but whatever. And then all of a sudden we get this cool little moment where Armin Vosloo kills CTU agent. Oh, evil. So the last five minutes, good. Uh, that's the Jack stuff. Uh, the other stuff I can breeze over pretty quickly, but anything to add on all of that?
1: Nah, nothing. Um, no, this is, uh, this is all the good stuff. Like I, outside of the, the, I guess the car ride over there, which that's one of the other things where I'm like, did nobody realize like how ridiculous this looks when Audrey and Paul are talking and Jack, they go into a commercial break and Jack kind of gives like a shifty eye look through the, the rear view mirror like, look at Audrey, like, why is she giving this guy the time of day? Like, tell his boyfriend. And then it's another one of these things like Paul's sweat, where every time it cuts to Jack, he's giving the same shit. Like, Keep your eye on the road, man. Like, how many times do you have to look back at her and give her a dirty look through the rearview mirror? It just looks ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, like, this is, I feel like, the scene where Paul defends himself than <laughs> anything, you know? Uh, because th- they also talk about this where – he's uh, this is where they kind of come to the conclusion. Like there has to be some reason, you know, you were, you were chosen for a reason mm. and like, wait, so you're telling me that like I was picked because of my connection to Audrey and and the secretary. And this is that moment where Jack should be like, why am I not electrocuting Audrey with a lamp? <laughs> like, yeah. What is the more plausible situation that the ex-husband is the one who's doing all this or that Audrey who was the one who made the schedule, who had Heller in place, who has been present at all the day's events is Jack should at least be thinking, Hey, maybe I got to at least ask Audrey some
0: questions. But but like, this is the thing you're right. And like, this kind of makes Jack look a bit stupid, but we do get a scene. uh, Is it next season or season six? it's the next season where Jack does torture Audrey because Jack believes Audrey is evil. So this does become a storyline and, but you're (laughs) right. Like, and I'll be honest with you, like, She's not evil, but like, um, I think that would have been an epic twist if Audrey's evil. Like, wow. And mm-hmm. I think I believe that back in the day when they do that next season. But you're right because why do they torture Richard? Because, yeah. you know, like, and it's. He's our only lead. Exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, good for one, not for the other. But like, again, like, was it season one um, when like you think Nina's evil and then they basically cover the mm-hmm. tracks by like, oh, Jack, you and I were like fucking in the Hamptons that weekend. Um, and there are yeah. other, there are other moments where Jack like has a bit of a moment of how could I be so stupid? Like I I liked those, moments, but like that, that's why I think Jack should have a moment here. Like that can, that kind of makes you scene a bit better. Like oh, duh, of course, of course they're going to frame you, Dory, silly Jack, bad Jack. Like, but instead he's just like, well, let's get on to Harris Barnes. Like fuck you, Paul. Like, <laughs> but like
1: the other thing that that really just makes us so implausible with like Paul's involvement here is that. In the end, the terrorists used a safe house that they have since abandoned mm. that had Paul's name on the lease. This isn't something where there's any connection to the attacks itself. Yeah, it's the name on the lease. It's like, okay, well, they also were customers of Los Angeles Internet Comcast Internet. Well, we better IDS go electric. <laughs> let's go electrocute the, the CEO of Comcast because he provided their internet. Like it, it is the most loose connection to the terrorists. But but anyway, yeah, all the stuff in the building. I don't. Are you going to talk about the um, the Curtis yeah, uh, yeah. stuff? separately yeah okay uh but yeah yeah, when when jack meets up with curtis like this this episode i i think it's longer than like five minutes episode i think it's like a good 10 minute sequence here with them sneaking around and even just that reveal it's it's one of these things where it's like it's not played for laugh but you almost get a chuckle out of it when they're arming up outside the door all right we're gonna go way down three two one and they throw open the doors and they see 600 people in front of them and they both kind of have that look like uh, They're working late. Are these people? Suppl- <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't think they'd be here. <laughs> it, just, it just looks hilarious when they were having that double take. Of like, well, this company. If only CCU things.
0: worked this hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He <laughs> yeah, yeah, takes a that photo moment. on his
0: phone, sends it to Alberta. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, look how hard these people are working. Do your job better.
1: This is how you manage. <laughs> if
0: your daughter wasn't dying, then maybe this office will be working better.
1: Oh, but uh, yeah, the, the thing with the solitaire guy, like it actually is quite suspenseful, yeah. but like, I feel like th- here's, well, I'll give some credit to John Cassar. He gives just, it's like a split second thing where the audience recognizes the solitaire before Curtis does. And even watching this now, I was like, oh, he's gonna attack, <laughs> he's gonna shoot him with a smile. <laughs> so you know <laughs> i just gonna just shot him, no <laughs> <Pew>. Just like,
0: <laughs> wrong guy, oh shit.
1: And, and after that, am I the only one who really wanted when they actually get to Marwan's computer, like, oh, he's got the jack of clubs. I know how to do this. <laughs> yeah.
0: Curtis, like, sits down and is like, oh, I can finish this off. No, Curtis, yeah. we don't have time.
1: <laughs> or, or he's doing that jack. Ju- All right, you you're on this. I'm on the solitaire. <laughs> so you finish this first. Uh, but that, that stare down, like, to me, that was... I mean, we're not going to put it up at the end of the season, but if we're putting up like individual shots in just a moment, like that's one of the ultimate moments of the season that stare down with Marwan and Jack, like him slowly standing up. And what's interesting is that, you know, I I think having not watched this season now, in, I don't know, uh, 10 years, at least, you know, there's a lot of things that you you kind of look back on and you, you don't, quite realize how different it is. And for me, Marwan is one of those things because I always sort of look back and like it's such an unusual season that Marwan is the only villain. But watching this now week by week, and I can imagine watching it back in 2005 when it was airing, It's actually not that unusual because Marwan's presence has been very small up until that one scene, even in this episode, he's like, Oh, you got to do something. You got to do it yourself. But most of the time we're seeing him. I wouldn't even say it's at the same level as like Gaines at the beginning of season one, where he's a guy on the phone. Like he's so background through most of the series. And then you get this episode where that moment, that's like the moment where they're like, okay, this is the villain. And we're almost halfway through the season here. I mean, next week is going to be the halfway point of the season. So I don't feel like Marwan is that much of a stretch. He's a villain for the whole season because he only really becomes the villain here. Uh, but the, the, yeah, this whole thing with tackling the guy, like I noticed the exact same thing, just body slamming people. I want to see him pile driving. I want to see him put somebody in like a, I don't know, a figure four leg lock.
0: I want him <laughs> getting up on the table, like, you know, doing like this, getting <laughs> yeah. the crowd involved. He body yeah. slams. He drinks a beer with the referee. like <laughs> he,
1: Gives his elbow a little slap, just a flying elbow drop.
0: <laughs> he doesn't say anything. I don't say know What?
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> but uh, but like it's also just pure chaos, and I don't think we've got a lot of that. I mean, most of the action seekers' we get, you have one or two people. This is. Probably the first time since the 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 hotel in season three where you are seeing how this affects the civilians. You know, yeah. Uh, we had a bunker. You know, we, we had little bits and pieces, but this is middle of the workday, <laughs> middle of the six o'clock workday here, and all these people screaming. It just added such a great visual to it that I, I feel like that's one of the little things that's gonna bump this one up quite a bit um, in my rankings more so than maybe this episode deserves. Uh, but the, the, even just that, like you said, the little things they bring to it that that. Brings a little bit of reality. It's not let's spout off. Okay, we're gonna open a socket on the blah blah blah. They're saying you need to hit shift and you, like you said, yes, I see those keys. I can hit a two I, I have want. an F5 button. <laughs> <laughs> can I stop a nuclear meltdown? Maybe I can. <laughs> <laughs> uh but but yeah, a little detail like that and just this whole collaboration where it's like it takes all three of them or whatever to stop this, you know, it's, it's I think better than the whole shutdown that Edgar had uh, in the first one, the first one had that added twist of, uh, we didn't get them all, you know, there's still five of them on board, but Everything about this whole Edgar moment is great. And it, I think this is probably the first moment where I sort of looked at Edgar, not just, oh, this is an interesting character, but it's like, yeah, I want to get behind this guy. Yeah, oh. he's one of my heroes. I want to be, yeah, I want, or, or he can get, get behind, behind me. It. I don't I'll know. Take it. <laughs>
0: Colin doesn't Take know what pick. sex he is. Uh, he, he, he's versatile. He's neither top nor bottom, <laughs> whatever floats his mood that day.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like bottom. this is it. A... Sorry, <laughs> it's
0: definitely a bottom. <laughs> What kind of
1: judgments are you making on this man? <laughs>
0: easy. Uh, easy judgment.
1: <laughs> He's easy. That's the judgment you're making. Yep. But yeah, like it's such a great hero moment for Edgar. Like I actually feel like they could have played this as Jack or as Curtis and they get their big hero moment. I mean, it's also fantastic to see Curtis in action. Cause like, have we defined his role? I mean, next week, spoiler, they're going to say he is second in command, which I don't think has been established throughout the season at any point until next week. Yeah, wasn't but, he just
0: brought on at the beginning of the season? He's a little nervous, Nelly Edgar. Like, oh, you don't have to use yeah. your name, Edgar Styles, and now he's second in command.
1: Yeah, well, but like, I'm not talking about I'm talking about Curtis, not even Edgar. But all oh, right, Curtis. Um, but yeah, he's a but Curtis <laughs>
0: look very similar.
1: <laughs> like. He, we haven't gotten the impression this guy is a field agent yet. And I think that's why when we talk about the rest of the Curtis stuff, that this is so great because it it comes as a bit of a surprise to the audience. I can imagine. I, I'm it, Curtis is one of these weird characters where as I'm watching the season, I'm like this doesn't feel like Curtis. And then we had that moment a few weeks ago where I'm like, now they've got Curtis and you know him so much as like another action guy on the show, you know, yeah. somebody to give Kiefer Sutherland a day off from some of the action sequences that this probably came as a bit of surprise to people thinking that he's just the guy who, you know, uh, makes decisions and tortures people occasionally. And now you get to see him in action. He basically is a superhero.
0: Yeah. I've, yeah. That's the one thing I thought and said this entire season, because what's his face Ronnie or whatever it was when he died of field ops and Alberta puts, I keep pulling Alberta, Aaron, Alberta was the actress's <laughs> yeah. name, um, you know, puts Jack in control. Shouldn't Curtis be going, Oh, oh hang on. I'm too yeah. icy. <laughs> Like you know, he's just too nice, well, Curtis. Stay tuned for next week. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I mean the other stuff I really think I can get through quickly, famous yeah. last words, but like the Curtis stuff, like him on the floor here with the most evil looking guy in the world. Like, plot's got a plot, I know, but like this is just one of those stupid tropes of like he's not telling us anything. Marwan's on the phone. What do we do with him? Just get rid of him and I dispose of him. This is literally the fucking, you know, Dr. Evil from Austin Powers. It's like, what? You're not yeah. even going to watch him get killed? What? I'm going to lock him in a room with one garment and assume everything goes well. What's wrong with that? Like, this guy is literally just like take care of him, walks out of the room. Like, yeah, okay, mate. Like, so, and then this is when he turns full and Dominus Rex, like Dominus, the Indoraptor, that's the one, when he's kind yeah. of opening his eyes like Looney Tunes, smiles at the camera. Kurt is like, hmm they don't know I'm awake. <laughs> Body slams him, choke slams him, you know, people's elbows him, uh, sharpshooters him, uh, all the, all the wrestling moves that I remember from like the nineties and the early. 20s. I've watched wrestling in like twenty years. So There's probably more modern moves that people do these days. Um, but
1: Hurricane run off the desk. The
0: the Hulk uh, smash. The Hulk smash. He never did that. Hulk
1: smash.
0: Hulk Hogan never do the Hulk smash. That sells itself. Um, Anyway, but so yeah, Curtis escapes and he's on the floor and I love this random guy who, like, the one who's like, Marwan, they're up for you. I love this guy because, like, I love it when, like, Marwan comes down and is like, I'm going upstairs to use the... The evil machine. The, the ladies' room. And then basically he's all like, I'm going to stay down here and watch the TV. He's literally watching like CNN smiling, going, ha-ha, ah, look at all the people dying. <laughs> I'm evil. I'm a terrorist. Like, he's literally staring. And then they've got that like really awkward moment when Sarah's trying to call Curtis. And she's literally there sitting there on the phone. You ring, ring. It rings like five times. And then you cut to like evil bald guy. It's the CTU agent's phone. <laughs> What do we do? Like, he's been staring at that thing for five rings before he turns the little Johnny-cum-smiley here. Let it (laughs) ring. Let them be concerned. They'll never know. And he goes back to, like, jerking off over CNN. Um, So, but it's, I mean... It, this is where some of the bad writing is and I, I don't know, it's just very cartoony and then they're on the floor and Curtis eventually gets out. I mean, that's all I've really got to add on
1: this. Like, I mean, yeah. Curtis
0: chokeslams a bitch. Like, I mean, like that's about it.
1: So I, I also don't know if you noticed this and maybe I'm just seeing a lot of sweat in this episode, but like John Cassar poured. <laughs> really into this the,
0: sweat this episode, Colin.
1: <laughs> watch, watch when Curtis gets up from the chair the back sweat stain he had yeah. there, which has been approximately four minutes sitting in this chair. Yep. This is like Paul levels of sweat. Like a uh, human shouldn't sweat. Like you need to see a doctor Curtis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, humans shouldn't sweat that much. Uh, but like, I love this as dumb as it is because like you said it's complete cartoon, but to me this is like Curtis's John McClane like I said like this is guy trapped in a building hiding out you know he's going to oh and I ho, love the like I oh have a machine you, gun Yeah I have a machine gun now <laughs> oh, oh, oh. But like the, the, the even like the henchman where uh he's like oh we searched the floor where he's not here well I thought you said the doors were locked yeah but there's a lot of ducks in here and air vents and this is going to take us a while man <laughs> But like Curtis sneaking around again maybe I just I just I just love the idea of like Curtis playing, you know, uh, John McClane here running around the building
0: Have a few laughs Have
1: a few laughs (laughs) And he's in California, it's great (laughs) uh,
0: Yippee-ki-yay Motherfucker
1: (laughs) (laughs) But I just, I love that You know, this is dumb entertainment And I think this is another one of these things where I won't disagree with anything you're saying, but like The episode to me is still kind of fun As stupid as it is um,
0: <laughs> meanwhile, Tony tortures Dina. Um, you are familiar with them. Can the I ask a question? Never, Colin. This is a question-free show.
1: Have, have Has anybody treated Dina's gunshot wound that she was dying from three hours ago? She's got a bandage on it? <laughs> I mean, they, they, they basically said, that I'm trying to track the timeline here. She needed urgent medical attention. So he had to go pretend that he, Bruce had to pretend he was a drug addict to get it from his uncle or whatever. And then- Jack's got her in the, 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 What's his name? Castle is sticking the thing in her wound and all that, so it's even more inflamed now. No, he they brought that. her back. He's actually helping you.
0: her. That he was a doctor. He was, he was stealing the wound. He was off. Cauter-
1: cauterizing it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That's what he was doing. But like, I, I, I've been watching for the last three weeks now, wondering when is somebody going to actually sew this woman up and take the bullet out of her arm? Which why doesn't
0: Tony torture her this way? Like, why doesn't he do what Castle did not like poke the wound a little bit? Yeah. Like, this, I mean, again, needless torture. It's all like, oh, let's give Carlos Bernard something to do with. But, like, basically he's all just like, everyone leave the room. And it's like, you too, Aaron. And then it's the famous is Wayne Brady going to have to choke a bitch line because then, like, Tony literally choke. This isn't holding up well, like, nearly 20 years later. Pins her against the wall. That's choking her. Damn it, where's her mowered? I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And then, basically, she, like, says, like, Oh, you better hurry up! He's there now. Well, convenient. I mean, like, what did she say like two episodes ago? Like, I will. I believe in our cause. I will die for our cause. And now she's just yeah. giving it up in two seconds. Like, I yeah, mean, it's
1: not really weird. Where's well, I-
0: as well? But this is one of those episodes where remember Baru's. The writers certainly don't
1: but I mean, that's kind of what he he uses here saying he's going to go to prison and I will make sure, you know, that, that I pay him a little visit in prison. He's basically scaring her. I kind of believe like, here's the thing. I kind of believe it because we've seen that that's how Dina would turn on a um, uh, Navi originally was to protect Baruz. This storyline is going to play out a little bit more with the whole Baruz and Dina thing. Um, but he, the, and it happens this quickly. I, one quick trivia thing I want to throw in here, this I got from the commentary with Shannon Doherty, which was the one oh, where Bruce wow. went to... Finally, I've been waiting four seasons to hear that line. <laughs> this is, no, this is one of these things where, you, this came from the writer, not even Shannon Doherty, but the weirdest thing where I'm like, I never saw this and now that they said it, I'm like, I'm looking back I'm like, I totally see it. So, the actress, Shiroi D'Ashloo, uh, Baruz, what's his name, Jonathan or whatever, those two, they, they asked... They didn't even ask. They took it upon themselves to, when they had scenes together, play it as if they had sexual tension, huh. and, and <laughs> I, I was hearing them, them talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> but I was hearing them talk about this in the um in the in the scene where where she's in the motel room and she's dying, and he's saying, "I gotta get it." And I'm watching the scene, <laughs> and the Shandor like, "Yeah, you look at it. it looks like they want to jump each other right now." Like, <laughs> but I'm like, as soon as they said that, now the the writers basically said, "We didn't have anything to do with this." <laughs> oh
0: jesus colin colin just is choked up at incest he's choking disgusted.
1: come to tasmania they, colin. they basically insisted on doing this and it wasn't because they wanted to imply that there's some incestuous relationship here but they wanted like a kind of weird dynamic between them like to, how else you convey a mother and a son having this type of a bond well what if they were phoning each other i don't know <laughs> but now that they said that i'm like I keep looking back at all the scenes during the season. I'm like, I can see it. I see what they were doing there. Wow. I can't wait to the next scene they have together.
0: I'm, it's kind of like what Diamonds Are Forever when you find out that she's singing about penises that are just kind of like- Yeah, a, exactly. A, a, a <laughs> I, I need to keep an eye on that. But like, I see, like, yeah, I, I kind of like Carlos Bernard here going like, you know, oh, I've been a prison and your son's a little bitch. You know, like he won't last a lit, he's a little weakling. Uh, like, I like that. But like, I think it just goes against Dina because like- Before Mm -hmm. Dina, when they're threatening her with a son, at least she's kind of like, well, let me speak to him. Let me see this. Let me see this. Now she's like, okay, I'll turn over. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Like, that's where it's kind of silly. And like, not to take away from the acting in this scene, it's great. But like, it's also just like, let's get, why is Alberta fucking Aaron, whatever. Why is she like, (laughs) she, she, she literally a week ago when she's all like, Jack Bauer, Val, just for you. It's all right for me. Then she's like, keep an eye on him. And now all of a yeah. sudden it's just like, yeah, we'll leave the room. You fucking choke her. It's all good. Yeah. Like at the beginning of this uh, season, don't shoot Terrace in the leg. And now it's like, you choked that woman.
1: But like, this is where I really wish I knew at what point they decided Driscoll was going to be written out. Because, I mean, people have seen this episode. They kind of know it's – it's ready's on the wall. She's going to be gone by next week. But uh, th- the weirdest thing about this, is that it was one week ago and they even showed on the previously on Twenty Four segment – where it's that moment where Tony comes in and is like, whatever you need, you have carte blanche, Tony. And just keep an eye on him, Sarah. That never pays off. Yeah. Like it's, it's a two episode arc that doesn't pay off. Like, I feel like you have, you at least knew enough to know we're not going to go anywhere with this next week. So let's cut it. Or let's they, it's this episode. They don't go anywhere with it, but like, if they intended to go somewhere, I see why they kept that in there, why she would let him do that. But we know they go nowhere with it.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I I've got to imagine that she knows that next week's her last episode because yeah. yeah sure um I mean the only other thing we haven't really talked about is um thingo dies Aaron, Aaron's daughter re- dies
1: right, right right really quickly before we do that which of course we know that's the highlight of the episode um the the, the Tony scene I, I think that I'm I'm more a fan of this scene compared to some of the other torture ones because this is the first suspect we've had that kind of you you, you need to go to these links like they need the information now. And I think also just the fact that we get Tony becoming Jack here, which this is not Tony was kind of the boy scout. You know, he was the boy scout. You looked at suspiciously in season one. That was what was so appealing about what they did with him in season three is that Tony kind of went Jack. And now you see that a lot of that Jack has stuck with him here. Uh, But Another thing, that, like as far as direction goes, it just doesn't make sense here, is when Tony's saying, Dina's like, oh, you, you think I'm going to be intimidated by you doing this when you're saying turn off the cameras? there's no, I just don't want the cameras to pick up what I'm going to do next or what I'm going to say next. And then she looks up and the camera turns off. I just want to be like, you know they literally heard you say that right now, right? <laughs> you have now admitted on camera you're turning off because you're about to do something bad. It doesn't help you. Yeah, again, she's suing. Yeah, I get it. But like, I think
0: the thing, though, that... You're right, like you need to do it with these people, but you need to. The two people who have been evil this season, who legitimately you need to torture, you don't really torture. Marianne, just like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you, okay. And then with Dina, it's just like, I'm going to choke against the wall for two seconds. She turns over, that's it. Like, I mean, why are these two people you are drawing out questioning? and then eventually you slightly turn to torture, whereas everyone who's yeah. fucking innocent, the first thing is, welcome to CTU. Now you are being tortured. Like, that's literally <laughs> yeah. my issue with it. Like, that's where it's like, again, plot's got a plot, all drama. But, like, I can finally see nearly 20 years later why people had a problem with the torture in 24 because, like, you're torturing the wrong people. Like, is this just a, is this a you know, a very subtle commentary by the 24 writers of the US government? Like, George W. Bush was torturing the wrong people. Like, I mean, is this just their protest against it? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, in two weeks' time, or is it next week? Maybe we're going to get the um, the twenty four commentary of not all Muslims are bad because some of them own a store and want to protect it. I think that's in two weeks' time. <laughs> um, so I don't know if we're quite yet. I, I I don't. I need to find it on YouTube. The Jack Bauer, the Keba Sutherland message of. Hi, everyone. Welcome to 24. Not all Muslims are bad. Now watch me (laughs) torture Muslims this week on 24. Like, that's that's the Tom Cruise Top Gun thing. Like, you know, Tom Tom Cruise in the 80s is going, Hi, I'm Tom Cruise. Not all pilots are... Gay on the beach. But watch me be gay on the beach with I'm Tom Cruise. Whereas now he's thanking him. He released another video, didn't he, during the week of him, like, on a plane, like, hey, Mission Impossible's coming soon. Whee, yeah. look at me flying. Like, what a man. Like, oh, God, I just want to lick him. But, like, I mean, like, in 2004, you keep something to like, it is wrong to point out that all Muslims are terrorists Not all of them are terrorists. Some of them are good people. This week on 24, I torture a Muslim terrorist. Enjoy.
1: (laughs) I I want it to just become a weekly thing. Hi, I'm Kiefer Sutherland. Not all people who own 10 corporations are evil. (laughs) Now enjoy this episode where where I shock a man with a lamp because he owns 10 corporations. Wait to season six when he turns
0: into a vampire. Hi, everyone. Not everyone's a vampire. Now enjoy this week of me being a vampire. He really (laughs) remembers Lost Boys
1: quite well, doesn't he? Next week. Hi, I'm Kiefer Sutherland. Not all inanimate objects need to be streamed at yes. violently. <laughs> Not all helicopters are evil. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> sometimes instead of saying, damn it, I actually do say fuck, but I can't on Fox this week at 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Um am so yeah. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> I'm Kiefer Sutherland. Um, Aaron's daughter dies. Uh, <laughs> which Can I just say, like, the acting is brilliant. I, I've got to give props to Alberta Watson. And the the actress who plays the daughter here, she's good. Mm. Like, I, I'm not going to – as much as I hate this storyline – um the actress here, I want to find a name because she's actually like Angela
1: something or other.
0: And yep, that that's the one. Uh Angela Goethias. Um Go Gofals. Gofals, that too. She's brilliant, like absolutely brilliant. She plays this role fantastically. I have no fault at all on the acting here. It's fantastic. I just hate this fucking storyline. Um, one of my favorite moments of this storyline is when Maya dies. Um, but like, <laughs> I love the moment because, like, again, like, oh, let's build it for dramatic tension. Because, like, Alberta's like, fucking Aaron is trying to, like, stop the meltdown. And you've got a random CTU guy, Aaron. The clinic needs you. Not now, Jenkins. It's urgent. No, Jenkins. Bad Jenkins. So he just, like, saunces off. But, like, I love the fact that when, like, it's all saved, Edgar's jumping up and down, woo, he's, like, got his shirt off, waving his shirt around, rubbing on the table. I love it when, like, (laughs) Secretary Heller is like, Alberta, good job. And she's like, thank you, sir. Now, if you don't mind, I've got something to do. I just love that look that you've got Willem Devane, like, kind of goes, Hmm, she's up to something. But like, does he not know that her daughter's like in the clinic? Like, she knows. We've had this conversation. But he just, just—it's like a two-second scene when he's just like, "Hmm, what's she up to? I better call the president." Um. But yeah, Maya's dead. What a shame.
1: Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll say even the actress who plays my what, what Kevin's sister from Home Alone here. Um, she's much better Kevin than I remember. Spacey. Wow. Kevin Spacey. That's a very good also, job here, Kevin Spacey. Also in Home Alone. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Spacey was a pigeon lady.
1: <laughs> Pretty close. And yeah, she was a pigeon. Uh, <laughs>
0: Fun fact about Home Alone 2, Kevin Spacey played a pigeon.
1: <laughs> Early roles of Kevin Spacey's career, the pigeon in Home Alone. <laughs> but, uh, like, like, she really does her best with this. But, like, the writing from Maya is so bad, too. And I, I feel for the actress because some of these lines are good, but some of them, like, uh, what's the one here? I'll feel better when you get out of my face. Like, <laughs> it's just, who wrote this? Um a lot of the the back and forth scenes here, like I I do remember this being a huge shock. Yeah. And I think that's where now you look back on it. And it, to me, it's all the placement in the episode that this was ruined by because everything they do is right. The way that they, they build Maya where at first she's like pleading, you know, please just leave me be I'll I'll be good. I'll be good. I promise I'll be good. And then after that, she's uh, coming back and basically saying, I'll do whatever you tell me if you get her out of here, you know, kicking her mom out, Building this tension and Aaron, just like I, I really believe there, there are better performances in the season. But for like, if you compare what they were given on paper to what they deliver, Alberta Watson might be the star of this season because there is almost nothing on paper for her character and yet every week i'm just like she's actually brilliant i agree with and that. the way that she, she, you see emotion with like only the slightest bits of emotion the scene because she's i have a job to do and with well, the one time when she loses out of maya she's like i'm doing something very important here and even maya going back and like, oh your job's so important uh, but the way that this scene is played i'm even like Oh, this, this, this might be better than I remembered with the guy coming out. First of all, that guy, worst actor in the episode, (laughs) because the way you should be playing this, have a little bit of concern. (laughs) He's literally coming. uh, So the socket didn't open. Miss Driscoll, like uh, oh, Miss Driscoll, they need you. If he came and he was like, uh, oh, Miss Driscoll, Miss Driscoll, she's like, not now, Kevin. <laughs> but instead, he's like, Miss Driscoll, they need you in the the medical facility. Oh, I'll be there in a minute, Miss Driscoll. They said it was important. Like, oh, this guy ruins it. But just that dramatic moment of she snubbed the one chance she had. Like yeah. when they when he was calling, that could have been she's got a knife to her throat, you know. And they never said. And I also like I, I talked a lot in season three about how body death happening off camera to me actually had more of an impact than giving him his long drawn out death. And I feel the same way with Maya here. Like I think it actually was better when you can kind of just imagine that maybe she hadn't killed herself yet when they were calling her in there. And then she just came one or two seconds too late. Uh, but it's the placement in the episode. Cause uh, a, I, I want to get this out of the way. I don't think that this would have worked as a cliffhanger. This is basically like the way that Terry's death is. It's a person breaking down. It's supposed to be a shock, but it is a shocking moment. It is a very dramatic moment, but you have this moment, and then you immediately cut to, all right, we got more stuff going on here. We're tracking down Arnold Vosloo in disguise, you know? And it's just, it ruins whatever whatever momentum you built up with this dramatic storyline. I don't think this could have worked as a cliffhanger. I also don't think it could have worked as an opening scene, but maybe this needed to be just in the middle of the episode somewhere because playing it here is the second to last ep- uh, uh, moment of the, the episode. It's too much to actually recover from.
0: Yeah. I think have it next week because I think what, I mean, one of the many things that makes next week an issue is you just kind of got Mopiel, Alberta Watson hanging around before you got the yeah. big plot twist at the end of next week of who's coming in to replace her. So nice. yeah, but um Rip Meyer, cool. Um <laughs> Thank God that storyline's done with. Um yeah, uh, I don't is really Is
1: that have... the last really bad story? Like I know we have bad moments to come, but as far as bad storylines, we we had the baby, we had Kim and the Cougar. That's it for season four, right? There's nothing else really.
0: I would argue ridiculous. the storyline that leads to the terrible moment next week is pretty bad. Like, but I mean it's it's
1: yeah. Yeah, I think it's just poor. It's poorly. It's poorly played. I don't think it necessarily is bad. It's, oh, I think they, they, it's
0: bad. Trust me, I think it's it's ridiculous what it's, they they do next week with that storyline. But yeah, like you're yeah. right. Like I think. I mean, we've got other ones to come. That maybe. I mean, the whole Jack's family storyline. But like, yeah, probably this season that would be the last because of family drama. Yeah, that's yeah. I'd agree with that. There's probably something I'm forgetting. But anyway, um, don't really have. I, I've got the book, but I haven't read it because I've got to read in 2023, apparently. Um, I do love I've seen, it. like,
1: no no trivia oh, here this I, I, say, I like
0: the near the end when Jack and Curtis in the office looking for the overhead device. A man with a pink shirt passes two times behind him. <laughs> what you shit you to do? Like, he was back and forth. He's what got, got f- something on his desk. Uh, How do we know there's not more people with pink shirts? Yeah, only, only, what, one person in the office was allowed to wear a pink shirt in 2004? Like, come <laughs> on. <laughs> 24. We've hit our quota.
1: This- Barry, you got to go home and change. We've got one guy with a pink shirt.
0: 2005, I should add This mentioned on February 28, 2005. Um, yeah, I'm binning this episode. Uh, I've said that a few times that these three episodes are like the worst of uh, this season and uh, they get significantly worse for me. So I'm bidding it and I'll just jump in with my ranking right now to say that I have this at 80th out of 83 episodes (laughs) So it's only above um terry gets amnesia kim fights a cougar and the sixth episode of season two which i can't remember what that one was
1: (laughs) see see i'm definitely gonna be kind of new i'm I'm actually renting this um wow i would have said there are minor tweaks you could have made in this episode that could have made this an easy buy but the the not tweaking it drops it down significantly um my rating for this I have at 49 so I've got wow. it quite a bit higher than you but uh uh I I don't disagree with you like th- to me this is one of these where I'll just own this is dumb fun for me uh and the bad things in this I think that I can see how you could have salvaged this episode and maybe next week's not going to be a salvageable maybe that has a lot to it my ranking too
0: Yeah, I'm going to intrigue what you think about next week. Look, I'm not even going to read uh, the synopsis for next week because we have seen Jack. You you, you want to read something here? No, I
1: I won't read the synopsis. I'll just say that I I had only intended to watch this one episode, but uh, with the DVD set, I looked and I clicked on what the next episode was and the screenshot, I sent it to you because it's one of the things you've been teasing for several weeks now (laughs) where as soon as I saw the screenshot, I'm like, yes, okay, I am watching this one now. It's it's also (laughs)
0: on the 24 Wiki page. We have seen Jack Bauer. (laughs) threatened to shove a towel down her throat. We've seen Jack Bauer battle the Drazens. We've seen Jack Bauer yell at helicopters and drug cartels break people out of prison. Next week, Jack Bauer fights an electronic device <laughs> and a door and tries to stop an EMP with the power of anger. Um, I hate this episode. Um, I just like If you want the cheesiest scene in all of 24, I, I, I might think this is the cheesiest scene in the entire <laughs> series run. It is Jack Bauer tries to stop an EMP. <laughs> and, like, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have watched the episode, go to 24 Wiki, go to day four, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. and see the screenshot of Jack Bauer. <laughs> I literally, like, I don't even remember what the screenshot was I initially made of the graphic of this, but I went back and changed it to Jack Bauer holding yeah. his door, screaming at it. It's And, like, it's not just that moment. It's just I hate this storyline of this company That he's so like, oh, we've got to protect ourselves, so let's set off an EMP. Fuck off. Like, it's so dumb.
1: To to me, next week, um, and again, I'll have some defenses for it, but next week is an example of we know where we're going, we just could never figure out how to get there properly. So you throw a one-off episode in there where when you really try to add up in your head, none of it really makes sense. Uh, but the payoff of where it's going to lead in the season will be a lot more satisfying than how you get there. It
0: is the worst episode of the season. Uh, There is one after this episode, there is one more bad episode, but it's not as bad as this one. Um, The positive of next week is we get the return of a fantastic character who I'm very happy that we get to see her. We love her. She is back and tension with Tony. I'm sure you can connect the dots. But, uh, Melanie? Melanie is back. <laughs> Nina <laughs> is back from the dead. Zombie Nina returns next week. Um, Reverse Nina. Oh Yes, please. Uh, but that'll be next week. Uh, buckle up. But until then, uh, we don't really have anything else at the moment, but we're uh, working on our plans. We've got some exciting stuff coming this year. Patreon, we have a new Patreon. Woo. Um, so I'm sure we'll record an episode when we feel like it for that. But you can do all that. You'll hear it at the end. And we've got other great shows. Off the podium does stuff. 007 does stuff. Did you listen to the Christmas episode, Colin, of 007?
1: I did, yes. I I did slightly better than you on the trivia.
0: You did. Well, that's because you're a better person than I am. Um, (laughs) But um, do all that stuff and stay tuned. My name is Ben. And Colin, your wife is just a thug with a badge.
1: I mean, that's true, but you didn't have to say it. Um, My name is Paulin, and I'll stop telling you what to do when you stop behaving like a child.
0: Thanks for downloading this episode of The Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider.